Rachel Morgan hasn't seen, it's a special episode because we've kind of changed things behind the scenes here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed recently. We'll get into that um, at uh, a later stage of, of potentially this episode. Um, not a huge change, you won't have noticed anything, but uh, it's happened and now there are more things that... Anybody listening can do to be all interactive and get involved. And it's going to be great. It's a step up for the podcast, uh, you know, the feed the feed as a whole. And I am very excited about it uh, anyway. But we are not here to only talk about silly behind-the-scenes nonsense that pretty much nobody apart from me cares about. We're here to talk about a movie that I haven't seen Janine is back, as she always is, on this show. Hello. Hello. It's uh, we're we're still in our teen movies, we like are. right, right smack bang in the middle. We are. One more after this. And then the bonus. Yes. And then the bonus. The bonus on not another teen movie so far. We have done. What, Janine, what, what are the ones we've done so far? What are the ones that I have watched so far? Uh. <laughs> Janine has forgotten what they are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we watched uh, Varsity Blues. That was we really did. fun. <laughs> and we also watched Bring It On. Bring It On, yeah. That movie about cheerleaders and such. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which was not as good as Varsity Blues was. But I'm today, sorry, I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is the kind of thing. Uh, again, going back to behind the scenes, this is the kind of thing that we we have to do on this show, on this uh, feed, uh, is due to the extreme epic, distance, the <laughs> epic time difference, the of extreme eight distance hours. between <laughs> between co-hosts, uh, but. You know what? We make it work, and I think we deserve a round of applause from ourselves for doing that. Yeah, applause. Usually, I only <laughs> applaud for people going in the Mustache Hall of Fame, but I think we deserve I, it too. To go in the Mustache both, Hall of Fame, because we both have mustaches. <laughs> we both have fantastic <laughs> mustaches. That is. <laughs> Very, very true. Janine, what teen movie did I watch this week? New, brand new, that I'd never seen before. Uh, this week we watched Cruel Intentions. Yes, yes we did. And uh, why did you uh, pick Cruel Intentions as one of these movies for this series? Well, I wanted to pick movies that were heavily referenced in Not Another Teen Movie so that you would actually get the references. But this one was kind of a different teen movie in the fact that it was R-rated. It was very risque. I remember seeing in the theater and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so cool watching this movie. Uh, like, um, and I loved the soundtrack of this movie. I would listen to the soundtrack yeah. all the time. And it's just a very different teen movie, so I wanted to uh, 
oh yeah something so that wasn't just the you know teen parties and oh my gosh this guy's a jerk and he's using me or whatever or it's I mean, just admi- a bet or <laughs> oh my admittedly, gosh like totally totally <laughs> admittedly there's nothing wrong with a teen parties no oh my not God. at all not He's at all but i wanted to give whatever you, whatever i wanted to give you something a little different well it is <laughs> a hell of a lot different i think the the soundtrack actually let's start there is kind of the most regular teen movie thing about this whole movie <laughs> yeah uh it's it's i mean what 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 does it start with because i re- i as soon as cruel intentions started I mean, what is what ninety eight or something like that that the movie came out? I just remember watching it. I can't remember for the life of me what the song was now, but it started with it's, such. It's ninety nine, and the 99. song I think is "Every Me and Every You." I don't know if that's the title yeah. of the song. Yeah, I re- I recognize those lyrics. It just sounded so teen movie from the yes. from this era that I was just like, okay, this is gonna be a regular movie. Yes, I'm <laughs> all in for it. Yes, let's go. I know this is about rich people. Maybe it's about parties, or you know, other teen movie stuff. No, it isn't about <laughs> that. No. This has more in common with a goddamn erotic thriller from the late 80s than it does a American Pie movie. Yes, it was a, quite a bit erotic um, behavior for these teenagers. Um, so. I mean, it was excessive. <laughs> Excessively erotic. Without any nudity, really. Just kind of Not kind of abs- and... absolutely none. It was just very... Because yeah. in that way, it was kind of... And this is what I found weird about it, actually, was that it's way more sex-focused than most teen sex comedies. Yes. Like, that was, like, the whole... That was the whole kind of basis of the plot. Yeah. But, like, those movies, and again, I go to American Pie because that's 99 as well so the first American Pie and Cruel Intentions both team movies both 1999 fine American Pie sex comedy a good deal of nudity yeah. um, but absolutely nowhere near as sexy as Cruel Intentions right that had like Ryan's had butt for like two seconds zero nudity yeah but the intensity of everyone's eyes and the way everybody speaks and just everything to each other yes just it's all the time it's not even just like it's happening once every few scenes it is literally every minute of every scene everyone's just like hmm well (laughs) did it make you blush morgan did it make you blush it's no, it's just str- <laughs> I just found it strange and That's a very, very good point, intense. Though, that this movie it's without like sexier. any nudity is way sexier than a movie that's like a sex comedy that like the whole plot is we're going to have sex before prom and yeah. it's like an attempt from all these guys to have sex with people. <laughs> Yet this movie is not is way more sexy. Like that is a very good observation. I just found it strange. I just found it stranger that way. Maybe it's because 
Um, maybe it's because it was entirely too serious yeah. of a movie as well, um, which is fine. I think the movie worked really well. It was just way not what I was expecting. And I think um, Selma Blair was supposed to be somewhat of the levity and the comic relief, I yeah. guess. I, I, yeah, I, I, I suppose. Mean, I don't know even... how much I believe that she was like a 15-year-old girl, but no. <laughs> she, she went no. for it <laughs> with how she was talking and how she was acting. And, I but mean, it was just, yeah. Sure. But, <laughs> but, but no. You know, I... That's to be expected in a teen movie as well. Oh, it's for yes. everybody it's to like realistically 30 be... playing like high school age children. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. Uh... It's like it's Greece all over again with thirty-seven-year-olds <laughs> playing fifteen-year-olds, or yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, or moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter, oh, who was yeah. who was like, like thirty-seven <laughs> playing yeah. a thirteen-year-old dead <laughs> girl. ghost girl. Which that I could believe. She actually did a very good job. Very good job. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a. I mean, it's not it's not too noticeable that. But what is really so? What really took me aback about the whole movie is just how intense it was all the time. Emotionally intense, every emotion, whether it was like delight or pride or sadness or lust or whatever the emotion was, everything was just taken to the absolute Elevated, extreme. Yes. yes. But it fit really well together. I can't say that Cruel Intentions wasn't a well-made movie. It wasn't. It was a good movie. I enjoyed watching the movie. I've just never seen a movie like this in my life. Did you go into this with any expectations? A rich people teen party movie. Okay, so I just thought it was just going to be a teen movie, but with rich people <laughs> playing off each other. And Would like, you still consider this a teen movie? Barely. In my definition of a teen, there was no... I mean, I suppose, okay, there was the mu element of music school. There was zero school apart from that, really. Well, there was because it was, it was like summer and was like going back to school. Okay, but I say this as well. There's, you know, you know, you know what a, a summertime teen movie is? And I'm gonna bring the beach. Oh my god! No, I'm gonna bring. Uh, I'm gonna bring American Pie two up. Oh. Now that's set in the summertime and is very clearly a teen movie because there's parties going on. And maybe, maybe I just liken comedy to teen movies too much. Maybe that's my problem that I have in my head when it comes to this sort of stuff. That I can't look at teen movies as. Uh, legitimate drama movies like this is. And of course there's the coming of age movies. And Varsity Blues was pretty drama-y. I mean, yeah, so that's true. So it can't be that because I really like Varsity Blues. But m then again, maybe I view Varsity Blues more of a sports movie okay. than I do a teen movie, even though it is obviously. And it's got the school in there, so it kind of all fits into the nice three genres Varsity Blues does. This is just a... a a drama, an erotic drama. <laughs> that's but I that's... mean, they're supposed to be like teenage kids. Yeah, but they also don't look like teenagers. Well, they're supposed to be like eighteen, and they're just just to see them at that age trying to be very manipulative and mm. 
exactly. sexy. But that's the thing. Um, they seemed like <clears throat> they were. They seemed like they were in their like forties with the way they were going about the things they did. Yeah, but it's like only dumb high school kids would like find these things important and like go about like doing these things because it's like a lot of their motivations were oh i'm jealous this other guy liked her and not me so i'm gonna like get them like grown people don't really (laughs) wouldn't really go there as much as like dumb high school kids i wouldn't think these are like rich bored kids they have nothing better to do with their time and they just want to get back at everybody who's scorned them because what else are they going to do with their time maybe it's maybe uh maybe i'm 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 looking down on maybe and i don't think this is the case but to overanalyze as i often like to do you know me when it comes yeah. to overanalysis do am i a fan of the teen uh, sex comedy because i think that teens should uh be funny about that subject and do i not like the teen sex drama movie because it's too serious with i don't no, i don't think that's the case at all I, for some reason i just brought that up as a counterpoint <laughs> um so ignore that <laughs> ignore that because, whole just reverie you went on right because now. it isn't my opinion <laughs> um I just find it strange. I'm trying to get my own head around why I found this movie strange. And I think it was probably simply just the level of intensity. Okay. Constantly. The drama, the heightened emotions, the heightened sexual vibes that were put out there. You've also got to remember, I grew up British and therefore do not see so much emotion in my movies and television of this country and also life and also school and also childhood fair point fair point i'm blaming my upbringing i can't blame my upbringing though i don't know i'm trying to think in my own head janine and i'm confusing myself god damn it Okay. Janine. It's okay. We'll get through Janine. this. <laughs> Morgan. Did you do you really like Cruel Intentions? Is this one of your sort of uh is it I mean, maybe not favourite teen movies, but do you think it's a real necessary teen movie to watch for if you need to if you wanna know the full spectrum? Um, I think so because there weren't a lot of things like this, especially mm-hmm. at the time. Everything was kind of the same thing with maybe a hint of a change to the main story but it was all generally kind of the same so i mean i remember watching this and feeling very mature and like grown up like oh wow like this is a teen movie that's not pandering to me it's like actually appreciating me as a grown-up like as somebody who's gonna be going into things like this and like yeah so it's not like it was something I could relate to, but I appreciated that it wasn't like talking down to me or pandering to me, I guess, at the time when I watched it. I wouldn't say that it's like, oh my gosh, one of my favorites. You mean you've but... never been a bald millionaire with a secret cocaine addiction 
who, who was trying to a, fuck my to... stepbrother. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't done that. Well done. Well done, Judy. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Um, um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites. I do enjoy this movie. Um, I appreciate it for being kind of a little bit different in this whole yeah. genre. Um, and like I said, absolutely loved the soundtrack. So yeah, yeah, I think it's necessary for the purposes of giving you a, a full smattering spectrum. of different things. And so you'll actually be prepared in going into a not another teen movie because this is also heavily referenced in that see movie. and i i almost don't understand that because not another teen movie is clearly a very silly comedy it is this movie has almost no comedy in it well if you go into it like up there of course they're gonna make fun of things in here so like maybe know, i chris, really i'm gonna really chris, like not another teen movie. chris evans is basically like a combination of every lead male in all of these teen movies you're watching so he's like <laughs> freddie prince jr and she's all that he's james vanderbeek in varsity blues he's like all of them right um mm-hmm. and he has a sister and i think her name's Catherine too like this and so she's right. basically the basically her character in the at that whole movie is sarah michelle geller in cruel intentions <laughs> and it's like they try to replicate scenes where she's trying to like do him and seduce him <laughs> and he's like oh you're my sister and she's like only by blood so they are actually brother and sister but she still keeps trying to sleep with him <laughs> so that is the joke <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm gonna love not another two. Yeah, so, so they they make fun of this. Um, there's actually like um, a very pretty gross replication of the girl on girl kiss scene as oh, well. Oh, nice. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, I uh, I will say this as well about Cruel Intentions. I actually think acting wise, it's really quite good. I, I I enjoy the performances, the main performances in this movie. Yeah. I think they just fit really well into the into the movie they're making, and like like we've said, it's very extreme in its emotions. And this is like, especially for Sarah Michelle Gellar, like this is a kind of a big departure of what maybe she was known yeah. for, what people thought she was capable of. So Absolutely. for her to be so sinister and really play up the sexiness. And be kind of strong and like, yeah, fuck everybody, like, and to be kind of evil like that, like that was not something she was known to do, and so I thought was very impressed with her performance in being just so sinister and sultry and manipulative. Manipulative. Um, I was very impressed with her performance. I think. Absolutely, I think she's the best performance in the movie. I felt that Ryan Philippe. Is it Ryan Philippe? Is that how you pronounce I don't know his if name? it's Philippi. I always said Philippi, but I don't know if it's Philippe. I don't know. That guy, Ryan... F- I'm going <laughs> to say guy, Philippe. Yeah. Ryan Philippe, he's kind of pouty. Yeah. I mean, that was kind, kind of his of... thing. But yeah, but I mean, he his, his poutiness was slightly annoying on the occasion, but generally fine. But that's always Nothing his character. He seems him. to... He seems to play an annoying guy in a lot of things. He was kind of very <laughs> annoying as well, even though ultimately Sarah Michelle Gellar is kind of the quote-unquote villain of the movie-ish. Yeah. 
Ryan Philippe, uh, Ryan Philippe, whatever his goddamn name is. <laughs> it's going to annoy me that now, goddamn pronunciation. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, he is, he comes across like the biggest uh, jerk, to use a uh, word that I never use. Like, I mean, his intro, what did you think of his introduction in the movie? What well, his intro? He's talking to his therapist. He's talking to his therapist. (laughs) And then that kind of leads into like a a very nice illustration of his manipulation and his effect on women in one kind of sweeping scene, which I really appreciated. Like they hit all the notes so you could kind of get an idea of who this person was right away. And I love things like that. Absolutely. Just things to illustrate who they are instead of them telling you who they are, like right off the bat. I really appreciated that. Like, I really had fun with that. That's how you make a movie. Your show don't tell. Exactly. Uh, That's been a filmmaking uh, lesson since movies started being made. Um, But yeah, I think he instantly comes off as a jerk. And everybody's manipulating everybody else in this movie. And his therapist, I don't know, like, first of all, that's not allowed. Second of all, isn't the therapist's daughter Tara Reed? Yeah, so let's circle back to American Pie. <laughs> so there's another American <laughs> Pie. Did this movie come out before or after American Pie? I want to know, did people know who Tara Reed was yet? I don't know. Should I find out? I think that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> and I mean, didn't I, I need could come a direct up with some actual facts. <laughs> oh, some, do you have some facts? I don't have some facts. Janine does not have facts any facts. If you really want. This was released yes. on March 5th. March 5th of 1999. American, American Pie was well it's gotta be summer gotta be summer (laughs) yeah yeah it won't Um, be before then will it probably not july 9th july there you go so this was even before Before. so that's why tara reed has such a small role is because she hadn't broken out yet so do you want to see if we can figure out how to actually say his name no i'm gonna keep calling him philip (laughs) <laughs> okay ryan pills there's actually a thing that that shows you how to pronounce it is it one of those speaker things on the, <laughs> on the side that yeah. says felipe or philippe or you know when people can't pronounce the word nuance well i had to do says, that with um with yoan griffith because I'm like, his name is just <laughs> totally stupid. <laughs> oh, you mean Eowyn Gruffafod? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's actually Griffith somehow. Yeah. It's Eowyn. It's, yeah, I think it's... Uh, is it Eowyn or Ewan? Yeah, it's it's Eowyn. Eowyn. Eowyn Griffith. Stupid yes. Welsh. Blame the Welsh language for every confusing act of pronunciation. Uh, why, why did they ever cast him? 
Why did they ever think they could sell those Fantastic Four movies on his name? I know, right? He's the lead, and nobody knows how to say that. Oh, my God. Let's not have him back to play Mr. Fantastic in the MCU. He was very cute. Sure. But, yeah, that's a ridiculous name to put on a poster. (laughs) Starring Chris Evans, it's like Jessica every Alba, poster you, Michael every Chiklis, po- and uh, hmm? <laughs> every what? poster you put his name on, you have to like put the little pronunciation <laughs> syllables in parentheses <laughs> underneath. <laughs> like, Just write it phonetically. Yes. Just write it. But <laughs> yeah. we digress. Ridiculous we names. Philippe, Philippi. I used to always say Philippi, but that's probably wrong. Um, oh, it could very well be. Wasn't he like? Okay. Well, I'm gonna listen the... to this little thing that tells us what it how it's supposed okay, to sound. Okay. Let's let's take a listen. Okay. Is it's not plain? No, it's not. Plain. This is good radio. Brian <laughs> Ah, I got Philippi. it right. There you go, Philippi. Okay. Brian there you Philippi. go. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Genius. Thank you. Thank you, Google. <laughs> Um, wasn't he like in the running to play uh, Attack of the Clones, Anakin Skywalker? As well? I want to say yes to that, but I'm not sure. I mean, Which... he would have been good because he's pretty much an annoying asshole and everything. Like, I he's know the he did last same. summer. Also with Sarah Michelle Gellar, he was very yeah. and he was very annoying. <laughs> yeah. He's the reason they ran over that man because he was being a jackass. <laughs> And then I, that what went, did I recently that went watch well him? for them. Um, he was in Gosford Park. Okay. And he was also very annoying. Like he was there, you know, it was kind of like Downton Abbey with all these yeah. servants and their, you know, so the servants in their quarters kind of observing like the fancy yeah. rich people that they're taking care of. And an American director was there. And Ryan Philippi was his like uh, footman guy. Yeah. Um, and he was putting on this Irish accent and none of the other servants really liked him. Like he was like forcing himself on some of the women. Oh, that and makes sense. Yeah. And he was just very smarmy and terrible. And then it turned out that he was just an actor. That wasn't really his accent. Um. He was just putting on to kind of like research, I guess, because I, the director who he was with movie is about like a murder in a big house, whatever. Right. So, of course, well, once all the servants people found out that he was just, like, not really a servant, like, yeah, he he's really <laughs> snooty when he comes in with his American accent. Um, excuse me, can you get me some coffee? And then, the, of course, the servant man is like, oops, I just spilled this coffee all over your lap because you're an asshole. <laughs> so, so, the yeah. conclusion being <laughs> that Ryan Philippe, 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 is a... Uh, a fairly, fairly hateable, snobbish, snooty And, I mean, I guess that could go into real life. I mean... In I, real life as well, would, not just I his would performances. Applaud, I would applaud his chemistry with Reese Witherspoon as they were together at the time, married, had children, and then oh, he yeah, cheated Reese on Witherspoon her with, is in this movie as well. <laughs> yeah, he cheated on her with... Uh, somebody. Oh, what's her name? With somebody who looks like Reese Witherspoon. Cameron Diaz, no. With Abby Cornish? Abby, Abby Cornish. Cornish, okay. Yes, that's what it was, Abby Cornish. They were doing Ultimately, some movie together and got caught canoodling while he was well, married to Reese Witherspoon. 
I think all the best actors do that a lot. Look at Brad Pitt. He did it twice. And <laughs> so did uh, Kristen Stewart. And Kristen Stewart. Everybody does it. Yeah, Everybody so... meets on movies and then moves on and it's all and the then they thing that happens. And then they break up in two months because <laughs> that's what movies do to people. Yeah. So, um, yes. Um, what did you think of their chemistry as they were together at the time? Uh, I must admit, I didn't think he actually had uh, 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 the best chemistry with Reese Witherspoon compared to his with Sarah Michelle Gellar. I thought those two worked really well, playing off each other, maybe because they were playing very similar type of characters in the sense they're both kind oh, yeah. of terrible both and they're both manipulative and, and they're both... And... Yeah, being hot overly, for each other. <laughs> weirdly, um, again, step siblings. Um, Reese Witherspoon is kind of a welcome, uh, almost not light-heartedness, but a welcome wholesomeness to this movie. And to get back to Sarah's performance, like she could have easily played the Reese Witherspoon part as well. Oh yeah, in her regular, regular kind uh, of way that we've seen way? her or know her to be. Definitely. But yeah, um, I liked her. Yeah, she was definitely a welcome presence in like all this skeezy, sleazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of sleazy, sleazy, <laughs> sleaziness. Yes. And then you get Cecile, who's just. <laughs> Cecile, who is I applaud, Blair. I, I applaud Selma Blair for just going for it. and. <laughs> oh, she went for it. She went for it. And to be honest, I, I really enjoyed her in this. Yes. <laughs> and her and her little relationship with uh what's his name ronald <laughs> yes the, the music teacher um and then her trying to and then but yeah even her little thing with with ryan i mean that his, was name's just not, a... <laughs> his name's not ryan in the movie sebastian but, yeah. his name Seba is sebastian of course his name is sebastian let's let's reference amanda bynes who uh, played her own brother, Sebastian, in She's the Man. Yes, you're obsessed with Amanda Bynes. I'm just, like... I'm just saying, teen movies <laughs> on, with characters on, named Sebastian. It's a Sebastian. wonderful podcast. Shrek always has to come up. Apparently on this Shrek podcast... hasn't been up for months, by the way. Hey, I tried to mention Shrek, I think, the last time I was on, but it kind of just slipped under the conversation. What were we talking about? I don't remember, but go back and listen to the last episode I was on, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned something about Shrek. See, this is this is how you can <laughs> tell that Shrek um, hasn't been forgotten about of all, of course, because no, Shrek is I'm the greatest sure animated movie of all time. Something about Shrek, but I don't remember what. Well, in the last episode I appeared on, but well, yeah, this is, I guess no, but this Amanda is how Bynes... you can tell. This is how you can tell that Shrek um, doesn't come up very much on the main show anymore even though it is still, like I said, the greatest animated movie of all time, is that last episode we talked about Cinderella, and I didn't mention Shrek at all. Oh and I gosh. also didn't do the impression of the magic mirror from Shrek doing the dating show, which I would have done under normal circumstances when talking about Cinderella. Cinderella, Cinderella. No, no, you have to say it like the magic mirror from Shrek. Cinderella. <laughs> exactly. See, in in uh, what is it? House number one. In seat number one. 
Jeez, uh, something, that something. Scene I don't is know. Really gross. <laughs> we, I did not notice the first time I saw it. But did everyone else notice Farquaad's boner? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody does. That's why Shrek's the greatest animated movie of all time. Yeah, it's basically uh, a big fuck you to Michael Eisner. But... Yes, it is. <laughs> I think yeah, which is is kind of very fun. And, it is fun. Um, <laughs> always very fun. Anyway. If you didn't know that, go look it up. It's a very funny story. Just go watch Shrek. About a, it's plainly about a, obvious. About a disgruntled worker. <laughs> it's basically revenge of a disgruntled worker. But let's plainly get back obvious. to this revenge. It's in what cruel the pe- It's <laughs> What a fantastic segue that is. I love that. It's exactly what the... Uh, uh, cr- makers of spider-man will now be doing uh and just <laughs> making yes. fun of uh of disney, disney all the time but yes, yes let's get back to the revenge so yeah with disney. cecile's character it is actually a bit of revenge from Catherine's and she was like into this guy and he dumped her for cecile and so she has her own little side plot of just trying to make cecile the biggest slut in school so that yeah. when school starts the guy that dumped her for Cecile will find out that Cecile is also a big slut and dump her as well. There's a lot of nasty sort of uh, insults thrown around in this movie as well. Oh, yes. Uh, which, you know, are not, are not un- un- unpleasant. Unpleasant characters all around. Um, Essentially. I mean, it, yeah, like we talked about, you know, uh, Sebastian just basically screwing his therapist daughter just because she yeah. was overcharging <laughs> and then also trying to come on to his therapist as well oh yeah and which results nice in legs <laughs> which resulting in his therapist throwing things and going out going crazy <laughs> yeah right in 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 public and then once she's finished doing that he's watching that happen with another and girl he... And, and he takes her somewhere. What's wrong with that lady? Oh, I don't know. She's crazy. Can I take you to lunch? You're beautiful. Okay. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. So, yes. What is it about? Illustration, beautiful what illustration. Beautiful illustration of Ryan Felipe that makes everybody just go. <laughs> and then he parks his car in his fancy apartment, house, whatever. And the guy's like, you can't park your car here. And he's just like, yeah. waves him off like. Whatever, he legit just waved his hand in his face like, mm-mm. He'd be yeah. someone in a restaurant who clicks his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> to, so. has, that ever, has that ever happened to anybody who, if anybody here who is listening works as, I think this this is a good segue, actually. This is a good segue. And I've I've ruined it by saying it's a good segue, but you know that's tend <laughs> tends to be what I do. Um, has any of our listeners ever worked in as a, as any sort of server or waiting staff, or and had somebody like uh, Sebastian click click uh, their fingers um, in a very insulting, horrible, horrible way to uh, to get your attention? And I say that it's a good segue because. You can now tell us that in a voice message on Anchor. Anchor, 
anchor.fm is our new host uh, this for this uh, for this podcast feed. You can still find It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show. Morgan hasn't seen everywhere you used to find it. It's now just available on Anchor as well, and it's hosted through Anchor, which means you can go on the Anchor app and leave us voice messages. Ooh, so is that and the we question can put, of the day? We can put them in the episodes, and we can ah. respond to them on air, and it's so fun. That is so fun. Yes, please do that, people. Please go. So it leave gets messages. really cool and interactive. All you have to do is go right on the Anchor app, uh, or there's a link in the the description of these uh, episodes to leave us a voice message if you want to. And hopefully we can get some, and we can maybe do that at some oh, point. Oh, that is so fun. I'm excited. Leave us voice messages, please, please. That is one benefit of us being, uh, of us turning to, to Anchor. I know that it was a quite a, uh, it was a quick transition, and it was probably an unnoticeable transition, um, but a quick transition and a, uh, not a, a, necessarily planned transition but that's where we are now it's much better and we get to do all this cool interactive uh stuff with any of our wonderful listeners and more uh, stuff like that will be coming in the future should there be desire for it and so it's yeah. just perfect it is all just perfect but yes that can be a question of the day so you can res- respond to to that question in your voice message but if you do want to send a voice message and talk about anything talk about this movie talk about tea movies talk about um leave a uh, leave a voice message about it's a wonderful podcast the main show and we'll answer it on there respond to it on there it's all fun janine and it, oh, it is. we are moving up and developing always and we are not going anywhere so we you know sorry if you're bored of us is all i can say to that janine back onto cruel intentions anything else that needs to be brought up um so i guess the whole uh big bet the The big plot point of the bet yes so they decide to do this bet. They see this article about this girl who's going to be coming to their school. And she wrote this article in Teen Magazine about how she's going to wait for love before she has sex and all of this stuff. And Sebastian <coughs> sees this as a very fun and interesting challenge. So he's going to sleep with this girl before school starts as she's the new headmaster's daughter. Yeah. And if he can succeed... Catherine, his stepsister, will sleep with him, as this is something they've wanted to do since before their parents got married. Which is still (laughs) unusual. (laughs) Okay, they've wanted to do it since before their parents got married. And sure, once, you know, before their parents got married, go for it. Yeah. Nobody cares. But now, it's, I mean, it's not illegal like the other more direct one is <laughs> like the one you'll see in not another like the one you'll see in, yes exactly um but it is 
strange. And it's maybe strange with these two as well, in that both just awful people. Yes. Um, but yes, that is that is the bet, and Sebastian sees this as a very um, fun opportunity because he's tired of these insipid exactly. rich girls. That are, they're just so boring. Oh yeah, not like Sebastian's boring. I no. think Sebastian's boy. I wouldn't want to be friends with him. Well, I'd much rather have be any friends. I'd much rather be friends with Ronald the music teacher. <laughs> or Christine so... Baranski. Oh yeah. I'd like to be friends with Christine racist. Baranski. You're... Oh, you'd like to be friends with the racist Christine Baranski. <laughs> No, just I regular gave money. Christmas. Me and my husband gave money to Colin Powell. We're not racist. Okay. Just, just, I just mean regular. I got Christine you off Baranski. the streets. <laughs> I oh, got you off the that. streets. Yeah, she does say she does say that line. Uh, oh dear. <laughs> I just meant regular Christine Baranski, not. Okay, racist, no, racist character, Christine Baranski. Baranski as Cecile's I mean, uptight, rich mother. If I was, if I was friends with racist uh, mother, Chris, racist Cecile's mother, Christine Baranski, I would like to think I would convert racist Cecile's mother, Christine Baranski, into being not racist Cecile's mother, Christine Baranski. Yeah. And therefore, my friendship would be valued by. Christine Baranski, making her, turning her from a racist into a person of love for all. <laughs> I think you could accomplish that. I probably would give up if she started saying some of the things like, um, like she did in that one particular rant that she has <laughs> towards Ronald, the music teacher. Yes. <laughs> She's very questionable. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, but yeah. the the other end of the bet is that if he does not succeed, Catherine gets his fancy fancy car. Yeah. So I mean, sure, it's leave a fancy us car. leave us a voicemail. Would you take this bet? <laughs> <laughs> Would you take this bet? Answer that as well. Would you take? The opportunity to sleep with your step-brother, your, step your sister, or give up your car <laughs> if you can hook up with the new uh, wholesome person who's coming to school. So what did you think of his attempts to try to woo her and her kind of stance at first and then her creepy. kind of breaking, breaking his... Okay, but... <laughs> He's always creepy. He's weird. I don't like it. He didn't like him trying to get her attention by playing music in her room and getting her to come to the pool and then Look, you know, but it's like ultimately in the in the beginning she sees through his bullshit, you know. He's bounce all these things and There's, no, there's only like, one playing music up to somebody's room that I uh am a say fan anything. Of. And it's yes. say anything with goddamn yes. John Cusack. <laughs> That's the only what that's the only time I ever want that to to happen. Playing Peter Gabriel out of the on, on the boombox out of the wind. It's perfect. Yes. Not this nonsense with Ryan Philippe or whatever his goddamn name is. <laughs> um being all pouty and looking like a knockoff 
Anakin Skywalker. But, I mean, I can appreciate her. She got a letter from somebody telling her to stay away from him and that he is a, you know, big creepy creep. So I agree with the letter. When he's trying to pull his slick moves on her, she, like, shuts him down right away. Tells him the best you can get from me is my friendship. I'm not going to be a conquest for you. Blah, 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 blah. But then she kind of... (laughs) breaks him down i think there's one scene of him of her really breaking him down yeah and getting him to smile and they're having like a fun little moment in the car after they are forced to um (laughs) forced by nurse ratchet to go to a volunteer at um a retirement home which we haven't even mentioned that Louise Fletcher is in this movie for a very br- for kind of a smaller role. <laughs> yes, she's playing but, um, Ryan Phillippe's aunt, who has a big estate, and uh, Reese Witherspoon's character is actually staying there. I think her yeah. name's Annette. She's staying there at the estate, so he goes to visit his aunt. Yeah, while trying to manipulate Annette into sleeping with him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But he eventually, of course, uh, succeeds. Yeah, so, I mean, that one scene, like, I wish there were more scenes. Like, I thought that was a really cute song. with the yeah. little Moby song. And <laughs> or whatever, whoever did that song. It was really popular at the time. That Praise You song. Um, I don't know. This was 1999. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was yeah, a small, car, small child, and she's she's making her little <laughs> devil face at him and making him laugh, and you don't ever really see him have a genuine moment like that. So I really like that it was cute, but I wish there was more of that. It was like that one moment, and then now they're in love. Like what? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> like she had a very strong stance. I appreciate. Okay, strong woman. She's not gonna let this skeevy guy get to her. Then they go to this retirement home. He totally lies to this poor woman who's confused yeah. and makes her think, they played three games of backgammon and I won. And she's all excited. Yes, Miss Sugarman, you won. <laughs> like he's, <laughs> And they fucked your daughter, Miss Sugarman. What? I said, would you like some water? <laughs> Terrible Poor Miss Sugarman. So he looks like I would he's play, all nice. <laughs> I would play backgammon with Miss Sugarman if I knew how to play yeah. backgammon. Do because you know how to play backgammon? No, I have no idea how to play it. Voice message people, do you know how to play backgammon? <laughs> Teach us how to play backgammon. But yeah. Like, I would play chess with Mrs. Sugarman. I can play chess. Like, I appreciate her being able to see through his bullshit and... Yeah them having that moment i just wish there were more moments like that where they actually I... you know there's a moment of like a montage kind of thing where he calls her and says hey let's go for a walk and talk so i guess that's the moment that we're supposed to just assume <laughs> that they fell in love they were walking and talking all night which i guess can happen but i just wanted to see more development there because that would have made the climax and the stuff that happens afterwards like i still yeah. felt something from that when i first saw it but in kind of watching it later in life you're kind of like that wasn't enough for me to really um kind of get the gravity of what happens later so i would have appreciated more moments of development in the whole big romance aside from a scene of her making him laugh and 
them walking and talking, but you don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I completely agree. But I guess as movie fans, we are kind of used to rushed romances. Yes, and in teen uh, movies it, in general, or yeah. romance movies in general, rushed romances are kind of a nice romance movie place. from the a nice romance movie from the forties or the fifties, for an example. Uh, the romance uh, uh, get well. Basically, they are the love of each other's life within two seconds of meeting each other. Oh, yeah. And it all goes to hell and back from there. Uh, so we're kind of used to it. But it's not really such a big issue. And there's obviously... The the movie kind of ends. Why don't you talk? Talk a little bit about the ending. Yeah, um, I mean, I just think it would have made the ending feel more earned. But it didn't, like... Like, it didn't take away any kind of, like, it still had some emotion to it. You still felt the feels of what was happening. But I just feel like it would have made it that much more earned and felt that much more intense with all the other intense emotions going on in this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um... So, yes, I mean, they, they kind of get more close. And then he kind of calls her out because he's saying that she, you know, her article was like, she's waiting for love. And then he's telling her that, well, you know, he's there saying he's in love with her and she's just ignoring it. She's, you know, love is right here in her face and she's ignoring it and kind of making her feel bad for not, you know, going there with him. Yeah. Cause obviously she's maybe having these feelings too. So then she gives in and she opens herself up to him and is about to, you know, make him help him win this bet because she's about to give it up to yeah. him. And then he starts to feel bad because he realizes he does like her and then he completely rejects her. Yeah. And it's kind of the most emotional scene in this very emotional movie. But yeah. a tr traditionally emotional scene. Yeah, so um, she's feeling bad because she's been rejected by somebody who she was falling in love with. He's feeling terrible because he realizes he loves her as well. And he's going into this kind of basically using her and he feels terrible about that. So yeah. you kind of get some redemptive qualities from Sebastian here. A little bit. Just a little bit. Um, yeah. And then, then he, you know, ends up fighting with Ronald, the music teacher as well, in the middle of the street. Yes. So then that will they ultimately she's going to he tries to go and apologize to her. She doesn't want to talk to him. He somehow like gets her to talk to him. So she's about to leave. And he's there's the scene. This uh, Counting Crows song is playing. Counting Crows also on the Shrek 2 soundtrack. Um, yes, they certainly <laughs> are. You're, you're damn well sure I know that one. Yes. Accidentally um, in Love is a fantastic yes. song. A beautiful Counting Crows song playing as she goes up the escalator. Like, they're both wearing very bright primary <laughs> colors, which is something I always remember about this scene. It's just very, like, colorful and, like, pop. And she comes slowly up the escalator and he's waiting there for her. And uh, they have this very sweet exchange and then it happens they actually yeah. make love and it's very beautiful scene and they're happy and it's all great and then you know Catherine finds out that this happens and realizes that he's actually in love with her so then she kind of makes him feel terrible about it she makes him feel like basically a bitch for falling yeah. in love with somebody and yeah. that he's like 
not living up to his stellar reputation of just conquests. So she really shames him for falling in love and shames him for the whole situation. And he lets her get into his head. So he ultimately goes and like breaks Annette's heart again after they've been together and tells her that he didn't love her, that he's just using her just to kind of, he does the whole, I'm saying these terrible things to you to get you to hate me so that I can, you know, set you free situation. So then Catherine, I guess she's sleeping with Ronald too, to also get back at Cecile. (laughs) Yes, she is. Ronald's getting it all. Yeah. Good for Ronald. <laughs> so then she tells Ronald that Sebastian hit her. And oh my gosh, go get him for me. Yeah. I'm so scared. Yeah. So then Ronald subsequently comes after Sebastian in the streets. Annette sees. They start fighting. Annette tries to break up the fight. She falls into the street. A cab is coming at her and Sebastian pushes her out of the way and gets hit by the cab and killed. Now, I don't think, and I don't know, maybe this is really insensitive. I don't think that cab hit him hard enough to kill him. I mean, he went flying over the top. He he, broke the glass. (laughs) He didn't go 30 feet in the air. He went pretty high. He got a little twisty there. I mean, there's things that can happen, like internal bleeding that you... I mean, I suppose he may have bashed his head, which we didn't see. So that's fair enough. I was just surprised at the fact that uh, Sebastian died at the end of this movie. Um, Because you never see that. No. (laughs) You never see that sort of stuff. In a teen movie, um, and then of course at the at the funeral. So yes, yeah, well, like the is where Catherine the whole movie, gets Seb- found out. Sebastian has a journal he keeps, and he writes everything in it. He writes about all his conquests. He writes about Catherine. He writes about Cecile. He writes about Annette, so she could see the truth about like how he really felt about her and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So she gets his journal. She reads it. Um, and then it's the big funeral and Catherine's up there with her fakey cross. That's really like her little <laughs> Coke, <Yeah>. Coke <laughs> dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> and she's trying to give this eulogy. Well, first she has like a really snooty moment with Annette in the bathroom. Yeah. It was really kind of snooty, passive aggressive exchange because they actually, you realize at this moment, they've never met each other. Yeah. They have never so, met each other. <laughs> So they have this very like slick, snooty exchange. And then Catherine goes to give her eulogy and she can't get through it because she starts to see people like whispering and walking out. And she's like, what the hell is going on? So she starts to get all mad in the middle of the eulogy. Like, don't you people have any respect? (laughs) And she walks out and she realizes everybody is reading Sebastian's journal. And that made copies. She's spreading it around. And it's the truth about everyone, including Catherine, how manipulative she is, how terrible she is, all the awful things she's done. And it even has a little drawing revealing that her little cross is like a little Coke dispenser. (laughs) To which then is tested by presumably some sort of minister or whoever So then, I mean, 
based really on her manipulation of everything look. yes i think people it's like it's like that guy from happy gilmore who just shakes his head at everybody in disappointment <laughs> <laughs> the grizzly adams did have a beard yeah guy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so everyone's given her that guy look. And I think, I want to think that based off of how the things that they read about her, they could deduce that she probably had something to do with yeah. um, Sebastian's death. Yeah. So, you know, her reputation is very important to her. It's all she really had because everyone, you know, she even says at the beginning, like her reputation is to be, is being sweet. Everyone loves her. Everyone thinks she's so kind and sweet and perfect. So this is a big reveal to reveal that she's a cokehead and she's very, you know, crazy and awful and manipulates everybody. So this is like ruins her and you see her just crying at the end and like everyone just shaming her. And then you get an even cooler song at the end. Bittersweet Symphony, Reese Witherspoon driving down the street in Sebastian's Roadster, her hair blowing in the breeze, her slow-mo putting on sunglasses his journal on the seat next to her like he's with her and yeah yeah like epic ending i must say. i have mixed <laughs> feelings towards bittersweet symphony as a song <laughs> why i love it's, that song it's so overplayed in this part of the world oh, i see the band is from like 10 minutes from here and they don't even get paid for that song. I feel so bad for them. No, they, they only, still don't get paid for that song. It's their only hit, but because they stole the symphony part, they don't get any money for that song. It is so overplayed. It's been used on, uh, like, football Commercials, coverage on TV yeah. and stuff like that as, as, as a theme song. I think it was the, yeah, like the England national football team's TV coverage theme song or something like that. Oh my gosh. It's just I'm been sorry. so it's overused. Been ruined for you. I love Not that ruined. Song. It's just like when I when I hear when I heard it at the end of that movie I just thought, "Oh god." Uh, <laughs> it wasn't like a yeah. What a great song. It was, "Oh god, not this again, please." <laughs> It'd be like if, you know, if it ended with Wonderwall by Oasis or something like that. It's just oh, that that no. song has been overplayed here. <laughs> Surprisingly. So please know something else, for the love of God. So that Anything. song makes you go all Bill Nighy and Love Actually. Not that crap again. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, yeah. I like to think of myself as a young Bill Nighy. I could see that. I could pull off a Bill Nye-esque role. I think you could. Would cast me as the new Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> remake that's probably going to happen in probably, 10 years. Yeah. Um, they probably would be going younger, so you got younger, a shot. Younger Davy Jones, yes, mate. Yeah. Leave us a voicemail. Right. Would you want to see Morgan as young Davy Jones in the Pirates reboot? <laughs> exactly. Leave us a voicemail about absolutely anything. Those voice messages, like we said, on the Anchor app, you can go, or on the Anchor website, presumably, as well, because it's a very easy place. You can record and do all sorts through Anchor. It's fantastic. Um, but yes, go on to the the app and leave uh, look on the thing for the voice messages. And like I say, there is a link for that as well in the uh, descriptions 
of the episodes on whatever platform you are listening on, you'll be able to click on that link and uh, go and do that. Because it's fun to be interactive. Is it not fun to be interactive, Ginny? It is very fun. So do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. So, final thoughts on this movie, Morgan. Final thoughts. Way too overly emotional, but a good movie. An enjoyable enough movie. Uh, My least enjoyable of the three so far, however. Simply because it was unnecessarily heavy at the end. (laughs) That's Um, why I didn't want to end with this one. I thought we'd end with the uh, probably the lightest. Well, yes, which is going to be She's All That with Freddie Prinze Jr. Yes, with Schmodown competitor Freddie Prinze Jr. (laughs) Hasn't competed in the Schmodown for some time. No, and then uh, you'll also get not another teen movie with the Schmodown competitor Sam Levine. <laughs> Schmodown legend and yes. commissioner Sam Levine. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So we've got we've got all all, all that to uh, all that to, to look, look forward, forward to. to. I'm looking forward to she's all that. I think it's I think you've picked well, you know me well enough to realise that I will want to end on a light movie. And we'll get Paul Walker back. Paul Walker's back again. You know, we can never have enough Paul Walker in our lives. Yes, we um, so that's And um, I kind of want to bring up a very essential point that I feel like people miss about She's All That. So. Well, we can do that during the She's All That episode and not during this episode. No, 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 no. I will. I just, uh, just a thing, that a line that people don't listen to that makes them kind of muddle the actual message of the movie. Not really the message. Plot of the movie. The the whole trope, like a trope, trope was a trope was bred out of this movie, but people don't really. A trope was to bred specific... out of this movie. Well, uh, the I don't the know. origins it, it, of a teen it, it, movie no. trope. And I wouldn't think that. it's the origins. I mean, the the geek to chic was not a very. It wasn't, or it was popularized. I think mostly in this movie. The okay. geek to chic thing. It's been done before, of course. It but has been done before. Yes. But I think taking off the glasses and all of that. Okay. Now she's hot. No, no. She has glasses, so she's ugly. Like, yeah. That's what people get from this movie. But there is a line in there. If you listen, that's not really what they're saying. Well, there is your tease <laughs> for next week's episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen, where we'll be talking she's all... That, starring Freddie Prince Jr. and whoever is alongside Freddie Prince Jr. I don't know, as I haven't seen the movie. I have, however, seen Cruel Intentions now. And yes, like I said, uh, way too overly emotional and teen dramery. And if you're going to have a teen drama in there, uh, put another third genre category in there, such as sports movie or a horror movie. Or, um, you know, it's the adventure movie, coming of age movie. Love, I love coming of age movies, but this isn't that either. This is a erotic thriller from the late eighties, muddled up with a teen movie from the late nineties. <laughs> and not really your bag. I, I get not that. entirely <laughs> my taste, but I'm glad I've seen it. It's another... I'm always glad to watch these new movies. That's why we do this show, Janine. Yes. Because there's a lot of these movies that the I haven't seen. Film. Yeah. And the ones that you want me to see because there's, you know, 
mainly the 1990s that is a terrible decade for my ratio of movies to <laughs> movies I've actually seen. When you compare it to uh, older stuff and obviously more, more, more recent stuff. I always find it strange how there's that gap. Significant gap right in the middle of the m w making movies. That he's just like, no, anything before then, yay. Anything after then, yay. No. But right in this period, no. Sorry. I didn't see a single movie. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, we are going to remedy that. We are. And we always do. And that is what we do on Morgan Hasn't Seen. But on It's a Wonderful Podcast, which is the main show on this feed, the namesake of this feed, it, that's where we talk about those older uh, movies that we love so much like we said before uh rachel silverstrini was on talking about cinderella last week disney's cinderella from 1950 mm -hmm. that was very fun um rachel's go-to person for any sort of disney conversation so you know she probably she well she definitely gets a little bit deeper than uh most people do about disney movies and that's why we appreciate her a great deal but janine you are back on the main show this coming yeah. Friday, where we'll be talking um, the, the the little princess with Shirley Temple, so that's fun. Yes. Um, but naturally, the first Shirley Temple movie I've seen. So there you go. It's another Morgan hasn't seen. Yeah, for me as well. I've never seen it. I've only seen the remake version, starring Liam Cunningham. Yes. yes, Sir Davos himself. Schmodown. There I you believe go. it's directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Harry Alfonso Cuaron, there you go. Yes. That's a weird, weird choice of director for that. I would not put Alfonso Cuaron's name to that. But okay, fair enough. There you go. That is what you can find on this podcast feed it's a wonderful podcast morgan hasn't seen every wednesday and friday now on anchor as well as apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and Castbox, and the rest of them all the same places that you used to find it's a wonderful podcast you can still find it but especially now also on anchor which is going to be the home of the podcast and leave those voice messages because I'm very excited to hear if we do get any and uh, what they may be if we do. Janine, what have you got going on? Where can everybody find you? Yay. Um, the same old places, the same old stuff. Um, you can find me at Janine Dabin on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out my Tee Public so shop, uh, G9 Design on Tee Public. Get some nice uh, Morgan Hasn't Seen merch. Yeah. Some it's a wonderful podcast merch. Um, you can check out my articles, Machine Mondays on TriviaSD.com. Uh, check out my po Patreon, JanineLC on Patreon.com, and come by and see my tears and see what's going on over there. And you can see me as Janine the Machine on the Movie Trivia Schmodown. Uh, check out the Movie Trivia Schmodown YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at the Purple Don with the three instead of the E because Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at 
the purple dawn. Follow the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Like I said before, go on over to all those podcast platforms, subscribe to uh, the show. And again, let's get some of those nice voice messages in. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be uh, we'll be promoting that. We'll be sharing that link uh, on the on the Twitters as well. Um, so go and yeah, go and follow the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Like I said, for all the updates on uh, both shows that there is on this feed. There you go, Jenny. That's been another episode of Morgan hasn't seen. We've been talking cruel. Intention starring Ryan Philly Potts or whatever his <laughs> name is. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller, Selma Blair, Reese Witherspoon, and Christine Goddamn Baranski. Racist Baranski. <laughs> Christine Racist Baranski. <laughs> who is probably not racist in real life. But very good at playing a snooty, snooty very rich woman. <laughs> perfect at playing a snooty rich woman. Next week we have She's All That. There you go. Let's do it, Janine. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye.